Hi, this is David Legrand of Alpha Arts. I want to welcome you to this talk show podcast. Prepare yourself to be chalk and amazed. This episode of Chalked and Amazed is brought to you by Monkey Wrench Press, publishers of fascinating biographies like 40 Years a Lumberjack by Tim Burr. <laughs> Woo! I'm so pleased to have as our guest on Chalked and Amazed today, Mr. David, I should say Dr. David Legrand. Uh, David is a key player in the gospel chalk art world and uh, is the owner and proprietor of the world's only chalk art resource center. He is a veteran chalker, a writer, inventor, a a builder, a professor, a preacher, a publisher of Chalk Art News, a free e-newsletter for chalkers, and the owner of Chalkmart.com. David, thanks for taking the time to be interviewed for Chalked and Amazed. Thank you. Uh, Joy to be here today. David, you've been chalking for a little while, and I want to look back into your history uh, and uh, find out how it was that you first got exposed to chalk art and got involved with it. Well, in 1965, I was in seminary in California, Talbot Seminary, and I had a chalk artist named Jerry's Wall come to the church and do several meetings. And he was several years my senior, had gray hair, and told me to pick up the chalk because he knew I could do it. And I said, no, I'm a mechanical artist. Uh, I I, I couldn't do this, Jerry. And he said, yes, uh, you can. And after about two or three times of that, finally he looked me in the eye and said, did your parents teach you to respect your elders? And I said, yes, sir. He said, then pick up the chalk. He (laughs) said, I've got gray hair and you don't. So he drew a line right down the middle of the sheet and drew on the left side and told me to draw on the right side. Gave me about a one-hour lesson, and I built an easel and started. That was in 1965. 1965. Wow, so you've been at it for a good long while. You're a regular veteran then. Hey, uh, before we go much further, I want you to tell the people where you are located in the country. We are in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, right in the middle of the North Carolina, state of North Carolina. All right. So Jerry's Wall was your first exposure to chalk art in 65. Have you ever had any other teachers or mentors along the way? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny part. Uh, Jerry's Wall gave me a one-hour lesson, and that's all I had for 39 years. Really? And Until about five or six years ago when I met Matt Bowman. When Terry Martin died, I bought out Mrs. Martin's chalk uh, supplies, and on the end of a box there was a name, Matthew Bowman. And I said, who is this guy? And she said, oh, he's somebody you have to meet. So I called him up and uh, went to three days of a phase two and learned more in three days with Matt Bowman than I had learned in 39 years. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, then, of course, right after that, I met the Toolings. And then they all started coming here for classes. And they have been now for five years, I guess. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little later on in the program about your uh, Chalk Art Resource Center. So your first teacher was Jerry, and then uh, Matt and Ding, of course. Their names seem to come up in just about every interview as far as uh, people learning. Um, And uh, that was a conference, right, that you went to where you first met Matt Bowman? Well, he calls it Phase 2. He has phase one for beginners and phase two in the advanced class. And 
I went three days of phase two up, up in Flint, Michigan at the time. Now, what was that like for you as an observer and a participant? How did that affect you? <laughs> I, listen, I was going to give up chalk art, uh, Carrie, uh, until then. I really was. Nobody had ever taught me how to hide a picture uh, with the blacklight chalk, and I just felt like I really wasn't doing real well, even after 39 years and after drawing hundreds of pictures. And so it just set me on fire. When I I was with Matt those three days and learned all I learned, on the way back home from Michigan, I had my wife drive, and I began drawing plans for the... uh, uh, Alpha Art Studio that we have here now, state-of-the-art training here in Winston-Salem. So it really did, uh, it was kind of an epiphany moment for you, kind of set you on a new track. Oh, definitely. Sure did. I, I, t- I tell Matt all the time, I said, look what you got me into. It's all your fault. <laughs> so uh, now, have you been doing chalk on a full-time basis uh, since that happened? No. Uh, I, I'm, I've been an interim pastor in 38 churches through the years, and I have mostly drawn when I was interim pastor just whenever I wanted to draw. Uh, once in a while I do a Sunday through Wednesday meeting for a church, but it's not full-time, never has been full-time for me. It's more full-time supporting chalk artists now. I don't think it's a day go by that I don't do something for chalk artists. Uh, that's uh, either true. building easels or doing DVDs for them or something. I believe that completely. You are still drawing, though. I mean, you're still presenting programs with chalk art. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Can you tell me what one of your typical programs looks like? Uh, well, a typical program for me is to uh, speak uh, a little bit on the subject. I used to do that after I drew, but uh, Ding and... And Terry Martin and others convinced me uh, that's sort of anticlimactic. So I like to do either speak a little bit before 10 minutes or so or to 15, or I do recordings and with uh, sound and music and sometimes uh, sound effects, lightning or whatever, um, and I play it many times while I'm drawing. And so my, my main objective always for drawing, of course, is to present a Bible message. I'm not in the entertainment biz. I grew up on a farm in a carnival, and I, I know how to entertain people. That's not my reason for living. Uh, I only draw to present a Bible message and to bring people to Christ uh, as Savior or to encourage build up the church, you know. Now, I remember meeting uh, you, I think it was last summer, up at the Gold Lake Conference Center. It was the first time, I believe, we met face-to-face and had a chance to talk about chalk. And I remember you mentioning uh, your upbringing, traveling with the carnival. I find that fascinating. I wonder if you could reflect on that hist- part of your history for just a moment. Well, when my dad was 15 years old, uh, his dad was a hot-headed Frenchman from France, and he chased my dad two city blocks with a butcher knife, and my dad never went back home. I've never met anybody on, on his side of the family. And my dad joined up with the Johnny J. Jones Fair. They had their own train and about 50 railroad cars, and they travel all over the country doing fairs from city to city. And and so that my and my mother left the farm up in Michigan uh, near Battle Creek, and that's where they met on the carnival. And then that's how I got here. <laughs> and so 
um, what would happen, my my parents would travel with their carnival nine months a year, or fair, and send me to my grandmother's in Michigan to stay and go to school. And then in the summer, I'd travel with them uh, on the fair. And, I, and I'll guarantee you one thing, it's not as exciting as people might think. It's uh, pretty boring do the same thing week after week after. In fact, when I was six years old, I stood on the midway and looked up and down the midway uh, one morning and said, I don't know what I'm going to do in this life, but I sure know what it's not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's uh, that's where the farm and carnival come in. My grandmother outlived five, let's see, outlived four husbands, married the fifth one at 80 years old, and left him watching TV, and he died before she came home, back home. She went to see the country. Oh, my. And, she lived to be 99, and so I got I got used to working with my hands on the farm and in and, and the carnival and and uh, you know Lord prepares you for a lot of things in your life. I used to stand and holler my fool head off from nine in the morning to one the next morning. Hey, I guess you age weight, first name, tell you how old you look, how young you feel. Step right up, fifty cents a dollar, and I did that, and 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 that was long before I was saved at sixteen years old. And, you know, it's amazing how the Lord prepares you for you, even saved. It didn't dawn on me till years later that God was preparing me to preach long before I was even saved. Yeah, yeah. And, and so between the farm and the carnival, God was preparing me for ministry. I've just finished teaching here at Piedmont Baptist College, was Piedmont Bible College, for 37 years. Been in 38 interim pastorates. And, of course, now my main emphasis of ministry is either an interim pastor or for chalk, training chalk artists. Sure. You say you were saved at 16. I want to touch on that yeah. for just a moment. How did that event occur? How did you uh, come to well, know the Well, there wasn't a single person in the whole clan that was saved. I didn't have an aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandfather, mother, daddy, anybody that even went to church. And, 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 and on May the 4th, 1956, I was sitting on the bleachers at Clay High School in Green Coast Springs, Florida, and at hard concrete bleachers in the gym. We had an assembly that day, and back then, you know, you could read the Bible in homeroom and pray and stuff like that. So this evangelist came along named E.J. Daniels, and he preached on the five P's and the pot of success. I remember it to this day, and I wasn't even saved yet. Purpose, planning, prayer, perspiration, and purity. And he invited us to come to the First Baptist Church that night, and hear him dramatize Samson and Delilah. And boy, he dramatized it, too. He was all over that platform. And so when he gave the invitation, one sailor boy and myself went forward, because it was a Navy town, Green Coast Springs, Florida, had a base there. And he was wise enough to not only ask us to raise our hand, but single us out afterwards. He came to my house the next day and gave me the gospel. And first time in my life I heard the gospel, and that night I actually received Christ. And I was called to preach within six months. I wanted to be an aeronautical engineer. And I and at one minute till midnight, I surrendered. And then the siren, I remember the siren went off right after I said, Lord, I'll do anything you want. And totally walked away from aeronautical engineering. Waited 39 years to fly an airplane, which I wanted to do since I was six years old. And incidentally, yesterday I got checked out in the 172 again. So I'll be flying some more here. Ah, you've been a pilot then for a while. Oh, I've got about almost 700 hours in planes and 2,200 hours in ultralight. And how old are you, by the way, David? Oh, I just turned 70 two weeks ago, June 16th. <laughs> wow. Prime you're... of life. Prime of life, Carrie. Yeah, you're never too old to, to go airborne, right? 
Well, I tell people I'm retreaded. Some people retire, but you know they just sit around and die. So I'm not. I don't want to do that. Well, you are a ball of energy. Every time I've uh, talked with you, you're on some new project. And uh, every time, th- every time I talk to you about an easel, you're uh, you're always making improvements and uh, tweaking it. Hey, just today, Carrie, I heard from the fabricator down the road, and he's running hinges tomorrow. Awesome! <laughs> and uh, and they're and they're just finished uh, doing twenty more boards today, uh, folding, uh, bending the metal for them. And so, in the next week or so, we should have some more coming through. Now let's talk about that. As long as we're on the subject. You, yeah. you uh, make a an easel. I don't know if you call it a flight easel. What do you call that easel? No, I just call it the Legrand easel. And, and when did you start building that, and how did you, how did you come up with the design? Um, well, first of all, let me tell you about the name. When I was growing up, my dad used to say, Son, you know what Legrand means? And I said, No, sir, what? He said, It means the great. So I don't need any other name for the easel, do I? No, you know, no. <laughs> great. Anyhow, four years ago, I called Dan Honor one day, and he told me he was having problems getting parts for his easel that he made. He doesn't make them anymore, incidentally, because yes. his health won't let him. But he, um, he 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 told me he was having trouble, and I said, well, Dan, uh, I'll, come, I'll make parts for you. I can make anything you want, because i got a lathe, milling machine, a whole 80-foot shop here. And so, anyhow, he said, well, I think what you ought to do is design your own easel. said, you sound like you could do that. Also, when I first met Matt, he said, you know, I've never met anybody that could make easels good enough, so that's why I'm making them. Frankly, he doesn't really want to make them. And so uh, I said, okay, I'll take the challenge. And so I started um, working on it, and I've been designing and redesigning now for four years, and I think we're just about there because i got some new developments coming through even this week a whole new control box and other things and so and a whole new light hood and so um that's the way i i, I got i really uh, carrie i wanted to design an easel for 30 some years what what i called the 30 second easel it could be set up in 30 seconds i've seen artists spend two hours setting up easels and and many of them 40 minutes and uh, I'd never draw if I had to do that. <laughs> and so I want an easel you could set up fast. Uh, unfortunately, I have not met my goal of 30 seconds. The fastest I've set mine up is a minute and 20 seconds before uh, when I really was trying, you know, going at it. But that's the way I got started at it. And, and I realized that, you know, you can train chalk artists, but if they don't have the tools to get out there and do the job, they're probably not going to do it. And so... That's why my passion is to have the top-of-the-line easel with the brightest black light and uh, good controls, and, and it meets all the requirements of a, a rigid board and yet light enough. Mine only weighs about 45 pounds now, and I want it to meet all the requirements that they need and keep the price down. Uh, what is the retail price now of your easel? It's $997, and which is about two to $300 less than... In fact, a whole lot less than some others I've seen before. But most of these other folks are not making easels anymore. As far as I know, I'm the primary one manufacturing them, literally, in the world. I think you're right. The uh, The easel itself has gone through a number of changes and uh, kind of evolved over the last four years. I think I was the purchaser of one of your very first. Yes, and, and you've been a super help helping me um, evaluate things and re- and re 
reevaluate and upgrade it all along. That's it's been my pleasure. I I enjoy making improvements on things, you know, whenever I can as well. And uh, you're completely away from wood and resin or plastic of any kind. It's all right. aluminum now, correct? Well, we have uh, about four uh, plastic parts that we cast, but uh, there, uh, other than that, yes, we got totally away from wood because I, even Dan Andre told me that his challenge for 25 years has been making those wooden boards that would hold up, and they just won't. Besides, I went to cabinet shops, and they kept telling me we cannot make straight boards, and if we do, they won't stay straight because wood changes with the climate. And so I decided to go fully aluminum, and and then something that's going to be stable and last, uh, you know, 50 years or more, uh, unless Jesus comes first. Absolutely. Well, I think I've gone through three of your easels right now. Not gone through them as... Well, as... you're about to come <laughs> through the next one, too. <laughs> not, not, as, not as in I've worn them out. No, not at all, but... Uh, uh, we use one uh, on the road, and then we have a backup spare, and then we have one that we use in our rehearsal studio. And uh-huh. uh, so I've got an easel at each stage of your development, and uh, okay. was glad to get your recent board. I like the design very much. The aluminum folds into quarters. Uh, it's powder coated. It's light. It's uh, I, I, I'm liking it very much. I just need to get it padded a little bit so my chalk okay. doesn't uh, talk so much. Well, I want to talk a little bit about some of your other products in a moment, but before that. Um, I'm just curious to know how many of your programs might be presented in, in secular venues like, uh, you know, civic groups or other organizations, or do you do exclusively gospel presentation? Well, I have already recorded about 90 uh, pictures by different artists. Most of them are, the, are just in for Christian uh, presentations, uh, that are not secular. However, I recently had uh, Gary Means in here, and we did about six of his pictures, which I haven't even put on the website yet. And um, I had uh, Vester Arnold here, but I think he mostly does does them in church. I guess to answer your question, probably 95% or more of the DVDs that I have done so far of artists are are not for secular presentations. How about yourself personally, though, the, the programs Me? that you present? Yes. No, I only present programs in churches primarily. Okay. What, do you have a particular process that you use uh, when you're developing new drawings to present? Me? Yes. Yes, same process I use when I develop sermons. I've been preaching uh, 53 years now, and that is you go to the Bible and you read until the Spirit of God stirs you with a message. And, and of course, I have a very, very vivid imagination. Yes, you do. And, and, uh, and I used to, in fact, for, you know, 30-some years at Piedmont, I taught preachers, homiletics, expository preaching, church administration, pastoral theology, all those courses. And I used to tell them, men, when you get into the Bible, you've got to use your imagination. And I remember one guy said, no, 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 you're not supposed to add anything to the Bible. I said, oh, go look up Webster. Imagination means you image things in your mind. doesn't mean you make up stuff. Right. And so my, my main thesis is go to the Bible first and, and get a message. Even when a man's preaching, I tell him there's a difference in a sermon and a message. That message is the burden of heart that stirs you that you just got to present. 
And then the, the sermon is the vehicle by which you do it, a good main theme and outline and content under that and so forth. And so when I develop a picture, I want to get a good, uh, and I'm not as, you know, I'm not against people building pictures on hymns and things like that, but that's not my main forte. I like I like Bible, direct Bible messages. And because I taught in the Bible college for 37 years, so I'm heavy on Bible. And so I go to the Bible, get an idea, and then I visualize uh, what would communicate that idea. You know, there's so only so many things. You got trees, you got mountains, you got lakes, you know, you got rocks, and uh, you learn all the basics there. Just a matter of combining them, you know, for what goes with that message. One of my favorite pictures is a picture of Noah, and there's three main ideas in Noah. You 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 got the uh, the door, you know, to get get on. Christ is the door, of course. He signed the door today. And then as soon as he came off that ark, he had an altar. So you get saved, and then you dedicate your life, and then, of course, you got a rainbow over the top, and you got promise. So you got the ark, you got the altar, and you've got the promise. And so, you know, what do you need? Well, you just need a mountain to stick the ark on there after it's planted. You need a sky. You need a fire on the altar. And you need a rainbow and a few clouds, right? So that's my way of developing pictures. So your drawings are almost all biblical scenes of some sort? Mine are all biblical scenes, yeah. I don't even go for drawing pictures like, I won't mention any names, but some other artists, they draw, you know, New York City, uh, or they draw a rocket ship or an airplane. Uh, that's not me. I'm, I, You know, everybody has to do what, what they think is best. And I don't question anybody else. You know, that's fine. I just do what I like, and um, I'm just heavy on Bible, a Bible message. Well, it's uh, a, a fact that we all have a particular style and a different way sure. of presenting uh, different biblical truths, and uh, we find and our... I don't claim my way is the best way or the only way by any means. Sure. Well, we all no. find our niche that we're comfortable with, yeah. and, and right. uh, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever actually seen you draw, so I wasn't sure. No, you haven't. <laughs> No, you haven't. Um, incidentally, I used to have a ventriloquist dummy when I was younger. You did? Yeah. His name was Tony when I was in college and thereafter. And I soon, uh, I, in fact, I remember <laughs> uh, when I left uh, California, I was left. I remember Tony was sitting in the corner of the parsonage there. And as I walked out the door, I turned around and waved and said, Bye, Tony, and left him sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? I decided that wasn't me. I uh, I decided that I could do other things. Just like music, I've known three accordions and always wanted to play an accordion, and like Dwight Haynes or somebody. And I finally decided, you know, I better stick to what I do best. Stick to your strengths, right? Yeah. Well, I know that uh, when we chatted before, you said you'd done it all. You'd done... Uh, ventriloquism, I think. I do remember you saying that now in magic, gospel magic, and some other things. And you said, I finally put it all to the side, and I stick to chalk now. Yeah, pretty much. And also, I don't get carried away with elaborate presentations. Again, uh, they tell me Dan Andre has some utterly fantastic, and I know you do. You do all kinds of things. and and uh, But um, I just keep it simple. That's my whole thing in life. 
just like my easel design, I'm constantly saying, I want this. See, when, when we designed this last easel, he wanted to put all these lock nuts and, and wing nuts and stuff on there. I said, I don't want a one of them. I said, I want this thing to go together without all these little gizmos and gadgets that they can lose and break and stuff. And I want it simple. And, and so, simple to operate and simple to maintain. And uh, so the average person can, even a lady, can use it without any problem. It is simple to put together. It goes up in just a matter of a few minutes, and it's rugged, a good balance. I have but they, see, that's the way I think about everything. Uh, I built 52 feet on the back of my house. I laid the foundation, put in the floor, and had some carpenters frame it out, and I finished it out. And I did everything, and then when I got to the end, I had some carpenters put up the trim. <laughs> I'd rather build a whole house and put up the trim. <laughs> so I, I, like, I like to do things. I like to get things done and keep them simple. I understand. And easy to maintain. Well, speaking of simple, I'm, I'm interested to know how, what your method is for creating the uh, music or the soundtracks that you use uh, with your drawings. Uh, yeah, that's simple, too. I, um, I either... I've got about two or three hundred songs in my uh, iTunes on the computer, and uh, I I just go pick the ones that go with that theme and arrange them on a CD the way I want them. Sometimes I either record me reading scripture or somebody else reading scripture and combine that with it, and then on my picture with uh, Noah and the and the picture that Ding does with the ship on the storm, Christ the pilot. I also add some thunder and rain sound effects in there, and I do that on on the computer. It's, and I, I do it simply. I don't probably do it nearly as complicated as you do. I just do you know simple presentations for either background music or I got one. Uh, you know that picture where you got the cross across the chasm? Yes. Well, uh, while back when I preached on hell, I recorded that message, and so when I do that across the chasm, uh, I literally play my sermon on hell while I'm drawing that, and then at the end I play the Great Judgment Day, and then I give an invitation. And that's an interesting uh, approach. I, it sounds like you don't like to talk while you are talking. Uh, I haven't done that as much in the past, and no, I, I, some people are really good, like Matt Bowman, at doing that, and, and others, but um, I'm going to do more of that in the future, but I really prefer just to record things, and I feel like I can put so much more in there. I, I like variety. Even when I was teaching college, if I saw the students getting a little bored, I did something different. Yeah. And I told them college is supposed to be fun, not boring. And so I, I don't want just pure entertainment, but I want variety, and I want you know something that will keep their interest as we go along. Right, I understand. And that's why my pictures are are fairly simple as well, because I don't... Um, I watch artists stand up there and sort of piddle around drawing something for two or three minutes with some little house or figure, and I think, my, oh, my, you know, that ought to be moving. <laughs> so I want to keep it moving. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see you one of these days, because I think you probably really keep things moving. I try to, like you, uh, I believe in variety. 
because we're typically booked for five days or uh, five, oh, yeah. five, five programs, uh, which is you know a lot of material. Um, right. I couldn't just stand up there and uh, you know hold a crowd myself for that long that period of time. Uh, so our programs are a mix of things: some ventriloquism, some gospel illusions, some chalk art, and, right. and other things thrown into the mix. So they're more variety programs than they are uh, magic shows or you know just chalk art uh, presentations. And I'm sure you get the gospel in there too. Oh, absolutely! It's all woven throughout the whole program from the be- right. from the very beginning to the very and end. And in a lot of ways, you you're probably much more effective than I am because we live in that kind of day when people. You know they they like those things. Well, I don't know that that's I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. I think if if we were just doing one night programs and then packing up and moving on to the next spot, you know we could be a lot less involved in what we do. But um, we're trying to get people to come and then uh, like what they see so much that they will continue to invite uh, friends and guests and neighbors and coworkers and family right. members and 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 uh, you know try to increase the. Uh, you know the crowd, not for the crowd's sake, but uh, to bring people to the Lord. We're in, in 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 evangelism, so we try to. We figure if they don't like this part, if they don't like ventriloquism, maybe they'll like the magic. If they don't like that, maybe they'll like the chalk. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, everybody likes the chalk, and that's so true. You know that is oh my. that is the most powerful component, I believe, of you our. You know, program. I taught among I've taught twenty six different classes at Piedmont through the years. One of them was audio visuals, and out of all the audio and visuals, I found that chalk art uh, grips people more than anything. Yes, and especially in this mechanical computer age where everything's starting to look so artificial. Uh, I think it even has more appeal than, you know, perhaps in some ways than before because people see all that generated, that, you know, computer-generated graphics all the time, and and now you got something real. Uh, I was impressed way back in the, let's see, when was I? In the 60s when I was in seminary. We went to Disneyland one day, and this guy had an overhead projector, and he was drawing portraits of people on transparencies. Uh, outside along the walkway, and he must have had 300 people standing there watching him. And I said to myself, you know, it's just the fact that there's his hand doing it right there in front of him, you know? It's not like a slideshow or something. They actually see it happening. And that really impressed me with the idea of, you know, that chalk has that appeal, too. I think you're right. Absolutely. I've Talk to people that have uh, turned on television, you know, and they they flip through the channels and they see uh, uh, Bill Alexander or Bob Ross, and it and they it just locks them. They just start watching that, and before you know it, they've you know spent twenty thirty minutes watching this guy create an oil painting. Hey, you know what? I have all three hundred and ninety videos of Bob Ross's program. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of videos, now you you mentioned earlier. Uh, the different chalk artists who have come into your facility there, the world's only chalk art uh, resource center. I call it the state-of-the-art chalk art training center. State-of-the-art chalk art training center, yes. Yeah. And you uh, are... Plus, you're right. We also have added the Ding Tooling Media Center. I have 200 chalk pictures, uh, over 200 pictures laminated now, hanging on the wall on racks like you look through carpet in a store. And you can flip through those 200 pictures and see them. What What else is a part of the Ding Tooling Media Center? What else comprises? Is I that have 
all the 978 flip charts from a Becca. Uh, you know, are you familiar with the Becca down in Florida homeschooling? Oh, yes, we homeschool our children. Okay. I have all 978 of those Bible flip charts on, on a CD, and I have them in groups like you would order them from a Becca. I don't let people steal them now, but they can come and look on the computer and see which packet has pictures that would give them ideas for chalk pictures, and then they can order that packet. And I even have an order blank right there for them. I have all of David Tooling's pictures on a flip uh, flipboard, every one of them, and numbered and a an order form for them in the, in there. And that see, they can look and actually see the pictures that he has available for them. His picture of the month club, and I also have a thousand and so many. Uh, pictures and slides and so forth that I've collected for years and years on one CD that I sell them uh, if they want them when they come to the class. In other words, I'm for anything, and also we got 70, of course, DVDs already, and i got about 30 more to put on the site when I get around to it. I'm for What frustrated me, Carrie, for 39 years was I didn't hardly know what I was doing, and I had nobody to help me until I met these other guys. And and I would have given anything to have these these resources 39 years ago or even a few years back. And so I'm for I'm for presenting anything that will help chalk artists get ideas for new pictures and to help them learn how to do it better. So they don't have to go through the frustration I did. That's a wonderful thing, and you're continuing to add to that library by uh, shooting video of every chalk artist that is willing, right, that comes by your yeah, place? and this past year I got, me some, a, a, I got a professional camera and microphones and green screen and lighting and the whole bit. And also I've, I've got a Mac Pro computer now, and i got Final Cut Express 4 for editing, and I can and really do uh, professional work, and I made an offer to chalk artists, and I think I announced this last year at the convention. Uh, any chalk artist who ever wants to come by here and make a promotional DVD that they can send people, I do that for them free of charge. Well, what a wonderful gift to offer. Yeah, but you know what? Almost, uh, how many, almost no one takes me up on that offer. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's amazing. They'll talk about it. You know that old saying when it's all... Said and done is a whole lot more said than done. <laughs> I've had about 15, 20 people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to come by and do that, but I haven't seen one of them. Oh, my. Well, I hope that after this podcast, maybe a few people listening will take you up on it. Make the, make and not the only that, Carrie, I have a guest house right across the street from me that I, I bought. It did have three bedrooms and two baths. Now it's got five bedrooms and four full baths. And it's right across the street from my house in the studio here where they can even stay when they come to do it. And you're hosting a number of chalk art gatherings there, correct? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, we had three weeks of classes this past March. We had Ding Tooling and, and Rod Snow and Peggy Escher and David Tooling here for a week. And uh, had about, I think it was 16 students then. And then Matt Bowman came the week after that for Phase 1 and then the week after that for Phase 2. So we had about 44 students through here in March. And in three weeks from now, we're having a big bedsheet expo where Matt Bowman's going to come and train people how to even draw on bedsheets as well as yeah. other drawings. The extra large format, correct? Yeah. All that's on my website. Yes. Uh, tell us about your website. Where can people Chalk, find you? 
chalkmart.com. That's like Walmart. C-H-A-L-K-M-A-R-T. Not M-A-R-K, but M-A-R-T. Right. I always say it's like Walmart, only Chalkmart. In other words, where you get a lot of things you want for chalk work. And uh, on that site, we have, I've been publishing now Chalk Art News since January, and all the issues are on there. They can, they can go on a button that says Chalk Art News, and uh, go, any of those back issues they can find. And then every month I, I, I put the current one on that page, and then I move the, in fact, I'm just about tonight going to send out uh, the July issue, which is all about Dan Andra. I've collected a whole bunch of testimonials about Dan, and I'm behind getting that out because I was waiting for somebody else to give me a few, and so I'm ready now to send that out. Every month I send out chalk art news, and I wish people would send me stuff to put on there, some pictures and ideas and all those things, anything that will help chalk artists. And then, of course, on there I have some uh, a, a button that says uh, free books, and uh, most of my notes from college uh, I have all the Bible Doctrine 1 and 2, Biblical Interpretation, uh, Evangelism, uh, Teaching Methods, a 90-page book on marriage in the home, etc., etc. There are free downloads on there, uh, college notes that I spent 30-some years developing. Also on that site, um, we have, of course, the 70, right now, DVDs for chalk artists, and then I have my easel on there, and... Uh, so, in other words, anything... Oh, there's one other very important thing on there. There is a chalk uh, artist directory, artist directory. And I have everybody that wants to be on there, that wants to get meetings, I put their name and, and address, phone number, email address, website, whatever they want to put on there. And the idea is if somebody anywhere in the country wants to schedule a chalk artist, they can go on there and find... Uh, somebody in their area, hopefully. And so anybody that wants to be on that list, just tell them to email me, and I'll put them on there. All, like in March, we had one lady who went on there and found another lady who was coming to our class just four miles from where she lived, way out in Washington. And so both of them came to class together. Nice. What a resource. Well, I hope people will take advantage of that and uh, and go on your site and you know request to be added to the list. I know I did, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, and so I'm on the list there somewhere toward the bottom of it. There is another important link on your website that I have seen. Um, it's not a free download, but don't you have a large chalk art book that's still in kind of process? Yes, yes I have a, an e-book. Uh, so far it's 128 pages. I charge them twenty nine ninety five, and I tell them, if I, as any time I add more pages, I send out a free link for them to uh, go and pick up the new pages. To be honest truth, I haven't done much with that in the last few months because I've been uh, too busy doing some of this other stuff. But I will continually add stuff to that book as we go along, and so uh, that uh, that's something they just download and. It makes it easy for me to add more to it, and it makes it less expensive for everybody for me to do it that way. So people can just uh, purchase online with like a PayPal account and then have yeah. a, an, an uh, immediate download? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, they can use a credit card. I take four credit cards, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and, and American Express, I believe it is. And they just put that in, and, and uh, then they can immediately, they'll immediately get a link, they download it. 
And if they lose the link, I send it back to them without charge. Okay. Now, I've I downloaded it, and I've looked it over. There's a lot of great material there. What's the title of the book again, though? It escapes me here. Chalk Art for Christian Ministry. Yeah. How How is it we can expose more people to chalk art? How can we bring more students in? How can we add fresh blood to the chalk art world? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is we can plaster anything we can possibly do all over the Internet because that's where everybody goes anymore. That is except the old timers <laughs> that don't even have a computer, a lot of them. But that's going to, that's the day is coming when that won't be anymore. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start putting more things on YouTube. I'm going to put more things on eBay. I'm going to put more things. And I'm not one of those people who sit around and blog and talk to people on the computer all day. I'd rather be doing something else. But um, any anything that we can get out there, on the internet, that's the best thing to start with. And then, of course, uh, anytime you meet people, you know, anywhere, uh, in churches or wherever you go, that have any interest at all in chalk art, then point them immediately to, you know, the place where they can get training, like we do here. Or uh, we have, oh, that's another thing. We have a whole course, uh, phase one, on DVD on our website as well. Uh, for $99, somebody can get five DVDs, and Matt Bowman takes them through absolute basics. From here's a piece of chalk and paper, uh, how to draw the mountains and everything, and how to put it all together. And uh, he even gives them credit for that, uh, phase one, so they can come to phase two later if they want. And so, you know, we're trying to make everything available for them. So Now you've talked about some of the other teachers uh, that have been a part there um at your uh, state-of-the-art yes. chalk art center. Do you, oh, te- yeah. do you teach as well? Are you uh, one of the professors that stands up and actually does some chalk instruction? Well, I'll tell you what I've done. I, I don't teach a whole week like they do. See, I've had Matt Bowman and Ding Tooling, David Tooling. Uh, we had, last year I had a meeting right after the one up there where I had Esther Fry, who's now 94 years old, and Ray Dombach here together for a week. Boy, that was a great meeting. And and then um, uh, I, I've had other artists come in for DVDs, but mainly every year we have a, a two or three weeks in March, and then we have something in the fall. It's like we're having three weeks from now. But what I teach most of the time in those classes is how to prepare the message to go along with the picture. I find a lot of people struggle with that part. And since I trained preachers for 30-some years, uh, in homiletics, expository preaching, and so forth, then uh, I've contributed in in Ding's class and Matt's class. And uh, you remember, he gave me three hours up there last year when we were up at the convention. And so that's what um, I have taught mostly, because, hey, when you got all these experts around, I don't need to be teaching to do the chalk art part. Now, I have done that. I've had groups come in from churches, and I teach them maybe a one-day class, but I... I don't do the whole week thing because I, I'm better at uh, hosting it here and feeding the people because we feed them breakfast and lunch when they're here. Barbara and I have had as many as 25 a, a, a meal sometimes here. And so I I do the hosting. I get them scheduled in the rooms and and just get everything they need. I'm, I consider myself their servant when they come, and I just say, 
everything you need. You just say so. Now, I know that you do some other art besides just chalk art, correct? No, I bought all of Bob Ross's stuff, and I got all the oils here, and I've done one oil painting. Okay. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> and my son's a sculptor. My son is absolutely one of the best you've ever seen at sculpting. If he could get enough commissions, he would like to make his living just sculpting. And, in fact, you can go on stevelegrand.com and see some of his work. He is he's so good at detail and expression, it's unreal. But he just hasn't met the right group yet to make enough money to really go with it. stevelegrand.com, I'll check that out. Yeah, that's my son. I spend most of my time, it seems like, either working on easels or, or getting ready for classes. I have just finished sawing out of logs. i got a sawmill here, too. I've just sawed out of poplar logs enough lumber to make 40 bed sheet easel frames and, and legs and, and feet and everything. They're laying here in my shop now. And and uh, I sawed it out of the logs and, and then planed it down and, and dimensioned them, and we're ready to go with the class. And so um, I keep busy pretty much doing that kind of thing. Plus, of course, I, I do other projects as well. All right. Well, I know you're a busy man, and uh, I appreciate the time you've given to me. I'd say we're in the last few minutes here before we wrap up, but I wanted to ask you before we leave, what uh, what is one of the most significant things that you have learned from being involved with chalk art over the years? Well, one of the most significant things, I of course, I don't know what you say I've learned it, but it's certainly been reinforced. I have always felt and that you know people learn more through the eye gate. Uh, it's a strange thing. You know, the the eye is much more easily deceived than the ear. Uh, you can hear somebody's voice, you know, and hardly ever mistake it. The, any magician knows the eye is real easily deceived. And yet people learn uh, so much more through the eye gate. Along, And I feel like it is a combination. They learn through all five senses. But certainly... The chalk art makes such a tremendous impression on people. You can go back 10 years or more, 20, 30 sometimes, and people remember uh, exactly what you've done. And, and what I've learned uh, through the, I'll tell you something else I've learned through the years that ought to encourage a lot of people. It doesn't matter, uh, certainly we ought to do the best art we can do, but it doesn't matter what you do. People are still in awe when you do a chalk drawing in front of them and turn that black light on especially. You know, that is so true, and it brings up a question that I've asked uh, some other guests, and that is this. Why is it, do you suppose, that chalk art has not really jumped the boundaries of the church out into the secular world? We don't find very many chalk artists who are doing this outside the church, and I'm wondering why in the world that is. Well, Kerry, uh, you don't find... A lot of Christians doing a whole lot of anything outside the church. <laughs> what, what I mean is this: you've got you've got uh, secular magicians, and then you've got uh, gospel magicians, and uh-huh. uh, same with ventriloquists, and same with a lot of other performing arts kinds of tools. Yep. Well, why is it that there aren't people who aren't even Christian at all out there using chalk art? as entertainment in nightclubs, on television, and so forth. We, I know of a couple, but there just aren't very many, and I've wondered why that is. Do you have any thoughts? No, I've never, I've never thought about that. 
I know that there are people like Gary Means who and Ben Glenn who are out there uh, reaching people with chalk, but um, I don't know. I to the um, you know I tell you 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 um, you've seen Terry Fader before the ventriloquist. I believe I have. Okay, when he was first on that program. I think it was American Has Talent. Is that the one he was on? Yeah, it, American Idol. America's got one of those. Incidentally, I saw him in person last year out in Los Angeles. He's got a $12 million a year contract now. Anyhow, I remember what the, the judging panel said, particularly that nutcase that sits on the right end over there. I can't remember his name. The guy's so critical of everybody. Oh, Anyhow, si- uh, Simon, isn't it? Yeah, Simon, yeah. Simon says, yeah. Anyhow... I remember what Simon said. Simon said, I had no regard whatsoever for a ventriloquist, ventriloquist until I saw Terry Fader. He said, I just thought it was, you know, just bottom of the line, nothing. That isn't his words exactly, but that's the idea. And, then, and Terry changed his whole concept. I have the feeling that a lot of people out in the world might feel somewhat that way about chalk art, thinking, well, you know, it's just, just chalk, you know, and it's not real... It's not that significant, maybe. I don't know. That's just a theory I just came up with. Okay. Well, maybe we can do some things to change change that perception. Um, well. And, and help people be more attracted to chalk art, you know, within the church. Yeah, Matt Bowman would like that because he needs to sell more chalk right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything to shore it up. That's the one of the reasons... One of the motivations behind this podcast is to try to give chalk art a broader exposure and to use the Internet as a medium to do that. Now, while we're on here, uh, Kerry, uh, uh, you, how are you mostly promoting this? People need to know uh, that. Well, there are a couple of, of uh, key people that I have contacted who have extensive email lists uh, of people in in chalk art or who involved Matt Bowman, of course, being one of them. And, yeah, he has uh, the largest one probably. Right, and uh, I've asked uh, him to kind of give a broadcast email. And uh, when you send out your chalk art news here in July, I'm yes. hoping that you'll give it a little I, plug. I am, and uh, so that people who are in chalk art will become aware of it. Uh, go to the website, uh, see the uh, the interview episodes, and and by the way, the program is. Or the website is not just about interviews. We have uh, other resources uh, on the website for a free download, a little short articles that I've written, and we'll continue to write about chalk and, art. And uh, remind us what that website is. <laughs> That's chalkedandamazed.com, C-H-A-L-K-E-D-A-N-D-A-M-A-Z-E-D. Kind of like shocked and amazed, only chalkedandamazed.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, let's face it, you're doing an awful lot of work here. It needs to be. Have you, have you put it on YouTube? Well, um, not yet. I, uh, But, you know, speaking of YouTube, I, I hope to make that jump. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about is uh, when people go to the website and they uh, are looking at the podcast and uh, your picture and uh, the little blurb that I've written, I also like to include a little piece of video. And I'm wondering if you might have any videos on uh, YouTube of yourself drawing that I could embed into the uh, site no i don't not yet okay well i hope you'll do that soon so that people can uh, actually get a little glimpse of what you look like uh you know in action well my my mug is on my website it's it's under any of those classes the reason i put it on there so people can 
recognize me when I pick them up at the airport. Okay. And also, if they'll print that out and put it under their kitchen cabinet, if that doesn't get rid of the bugs, they can forget Raid and save all that money. All right. Well, I'm glad to have that tip. <laughs> okay. Uh, David, you've uh, given me a, a good chunk of your evening here, and I don't want to take advantage of you, but before we go, people love stories, especially funny stories. And I'm wondering if you could tell us about something that uh, was amazing or funny or embarrassing, that maybe one or two things that have happened to you over the years while you've been presenting chalk. Yeah, I was up in Virginia one day drawing a chalk picture one Sunday morning in a service. And the platform was about four feet high, and but it wasn't very deep uh, from front to back. And they had just finished taking up the offering, and they had these little dinky tables about a foot square, and they put all the plates on there. So I was just drawing away, and I turned around. Uh, uh, well, I sort of backed up a little bit. You know how you draw a picture, and then you want to back up and look at it a little? Right. Well, I backed up all right. <laughs> and when I did, I fell off the platform and knocked all that money all over the front of the church. The deacons were up there on their hands and knees gathering it up again. And the funny part was I stood there and I realized that people were just about to bust, holding their breath because they didn't want to laugh. Right. And so I just stood up and said, you can go ahead and laugh now. Cause, <laughs> and, and the neat thing was people got two people got saved that morning in the service. Oh, uh, God bless you. <laughs> what a story. Anything else you'd like to share? That, that's probably good enough for now, Gary. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you go, I, I have one small favor of you. You intrigued me earlier with your uh, ballet pitch, and I'm wondering if you would share with us just a little bit more of what you learned on the Midway as a lad and uh, give us one of your most well-memorized <laughs> ballet talker pitches. Could you do that for me? Well, let me tell you what I learned. Um, I, 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 I grew up on a farm, you know, right? and the carnival. And uh, one thing I learned as a young boy watching uh, people on the carnival do the dumb things they do and spend $30 trying to win a $3 teddy bear or something, I used to sit there and think, I wonder who's more gullible, the pigs or the people? <laughs> you know, because they do the dumbest things. My favorite thing was a half-drunk sailor with a girl hanging on his arm. I could get 30 bucks out of him any day. <laughs> well, what, what did your pitch sound like on the midway? What did I pitch sound like? Yep. Uh, well, I used to guess ages, weights, and first name. I used to run them all, shooting gallery, the ducks, you know. Uh, I'll tell you one else, though. One other thing I learned, though, Kerry, um, I used to run this little duck pond where you had to put, pick up a duck, and the number on the bottom gave you what prize. Right. And I used to get these whole boxes of rabbit's feet. And on a chain, you know, you've seen those? Yes. And I remember as a little kid, I used to hold them up one at a time and say, didn't do that rabbit any good. <laughs> didn't do that rabbit any good. And I'd go through the whole box and think, man, this is stupid, this luck business. And I wasn't even saved yet. <laughs> and, and I'd think, uh, you know, if it, it, it didn't do the rabbit any good, it ain't going to do me any good. So <laughs> this this is not true. <laughs> well, in closing, in closing, let's hear that one last time, that weight and age. And it sounded so uh, so well rehearsed and polished. I'd like oh, to... well, when you do it from 9 in the morning to 1 the next morning, about 7 days a week, it, pretty, <laughs> it just flows out. Your age and weight. Let's hear your ballet pitch one more time on that. Hey, I guess you age, you wait, first name, I'll tell you how old you look, how young you feel, step right up, 25, 50 cents a dollar. <laughs> oh, David, I appreciate and, and, it. And, and incidentally, we never lost because even if I didn't guess their wage, wait, or first name, 
uh, the twenty-five cent prize cost three cents, and the dollar, and the and the, the fifty cent one cost thirty cents, I think, or whatever it was. Uh, I bet you moved a lot of uh, what do they call that slum, right, over the years on the midway. Didn't yeah, well, you? actually, it was plaster. And the way, and the way I got off the midway at twelve years old was I learned how to make rubber molds and cast the hollow banks, and I could at twelve years old I could paint uh, three hundred plaques with an airbrush in one hour. All the colors. And I supplied St. Augustine Beach, Jacksonville Beach, and Daytona Beach with all the plaster for the prizes. And by the time I went to college the first year, I had enough on the shelf to send me through college. And so that's the way I got off the Midway. Well, we're glad to have you off the Midway and on the Chalk Art Easel, David. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for your time. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out for the interview. You're welcome. Okay. And I hope appreciate you ca- all you're doing. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope that I can catch up with you another time, and maybe we'll do another uh, another one sometime in the future and talk about some and other I'm stuff. And I'm looking forward to uh, you coming by here soon. That would be Maybe awesome. Dave. Looking forward right. to it. Well, uh, we'll catch up another time then. Okay. All right, David? Okay, all right. bye-bye. Well, there you have it, David Legrand. I hope you'll take a Dr. David Legrand. I hope you'll take a moment and go by his website, Chalkmart. Com. A lot of great resources there for chalk artists. Whether you're a beginner or an advanced chalk artist, I am certain that you'll find a few things that will be of interest and help to you there. Also, I hope you'll take a moment to surf on by chalkedinamazed.com and uh, take a look at some of the free resources that we have posted there, including Chalk Art, Catching the Vision. It's a 39-page booklet of all kinds of ideas. And it is absolutely free to download. It's about an 8 megabyte, almost 9 megabyte download. So it'll take a little bit of time, but we've got a lot of different uh, samples of different things that uh, you will be interested in. Well, once again, thank you for joining us here on Chalked and Amazed. I hope now that after listening to the interview with Dr. David Legrand that you feel a little bit more chalked and amazed. <laughs>